0: only from rustolium market.
1: Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Thursday, just two days away now from Arsenal's return in the Premier League with that big, big game at Brentford. Mikel Arteta will be speaking about that at his pre-match press conference tomorrow morning where we should hear the very latest from him. On team news and anything that's been going on over the last couple of weeks. Just to say, I'm going to be sitting down with James Bench for Inside Arsenal Extra Time very, very shortly after recording this video. It will be going out later on this evening on Thursday around five o'clock. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But if you're watching this pretty early on, but basically as soon as I publish it, then you've probably got about an hour or so to get your questions in. Some of you sent some in yesterday, but if you're watching this, then please do get some questions in early doors if you get it in time then i'll try and include some of those in the show a fair bit to talk about today we'll talk about you timber who's in the news at the moment worrying reports coming out of holland about uh his potential comeback date um Got a few sort of transfer tidbits to do. Jakub Kivior again heavily being linked with a move, potential move away or certainly interest in him from clubs in January. Andre, of course, a Brazilian player who's been linked with Arsenal. He seems to be on his way somewhere else as well. So plenty to talk about today. So let's get cracking, shall we? We'll start with Yuri and Timban. Oh, honestly, if you're watching this on YouTube, just looking at that picture makes you sad, doesn't it? Just uh, so much excitement about his signing, the way he started in the summer and then that injury on the opening day of the season has just robbed us of our opportunity of watching Timber and robbed him of, you know, the chance of fulfilling his dream, really, certainly for now. But fingers crossed when he does come back, he's going to come back as strong as ever and will make a big, big impact at this football club. But there have been reports overnight on the last 24 hours or so emerging from Holland um, about his potential comeback. Now, I've always been of the opinion with Timber that you just don't put a date on it in my mind I'm expecting he'll play next season and that's it anything other than that and it's a bonus when it comes to cruciate ligament injuries I just have a year in my head anything under a year you've done pretty well you know nine ten months I know that's kind of the aim but a lot of the time even if you do get back in nine or ten months it takes you a couple of months to get up to speed and you have to be sort of you know very carefully managed and all that sort of thing so I've always just had in my head a year start of next season that's when I've got Potentially timber coming back, uh, and Dutch uh, newspaper AD has reported that there is very, very you know, little optimism back there that he is going to play any part of Euro the Euros in the summer Euro twenty twenty four, and that Arsenal are working on him coming back in pre season. Obviously, a lot of people have been have seen that report, and it's like oh, he's suffered a setback and all that sort of thing. I don't think it is the case. I just think that was always the most likely option for me. He got injured on the opening day last of this season. It's an ACL injury. It's a bad injury, a horrible injury. It's just a season ender in my view. And like I said, if it come if he does come back early, if he gets back in say March or something like that, it's just an added bonus. So any you know, I don't I don't see this if this is correct. I don't see this as a setback. I just think it's pr- it's just the most sensible injury timeline when it comes to this sort of thing and also if he even if he did come back in March if he was fit in March to to you know we see him in full training and that sort of thing I just don't think in the middle and let's just let's for the sake say that Arsenal are in a title race in March which we hope they will be and let's say they're still in the hunt for the Champions League which of course we hope they will be if you've been if you're a player like Timber or any player, and you come back from an ACL injury and you get yourself fit around March, you start joining in full training around March, I think it would be a big, big ask to throw a player who's been out for that long with that serious an injury just throw him straight back into the business end of the season. I think you're taking a risk on a player's fitness there, and we know there is a high chance. We see it before, the numbers of people who come back from ACLs who very quickly suffer another ACL injury, and that is the last thing you want with any sort of player. You know, so even if he did got get back in March, which is probably the best case scenario you could wish for in this sort of injury time frame, with it with a player like Timber with the injury that he's got, I'm just not sure that he would play much of a part in the season anyway, because he would have to be so carefully managed. You think about back when Hector Bellerin came back from his injury, you know, it took him. Oh, well, it was safe to say he, he was never the same player, and we hope that's not the case with Timber. But it took him a good few months to really get up to any sort of speed I thought Hector Bellerin when it comes to that injury and it could well be the case for Timber so I just think patience is needed here I wouldn't be overly worried about these reports that you know he's definitely out for the season and all that I wouldn't look at it as a setback or anything like that I just think it's a hugely damaging injury and it's one that everyone has to be very careful with and he comes back when he comes back it's just it's that simple in my mind I'm not looking at any sort of date when it comes to you and Timber I'm not sure anyone really should Okay, moving on, let's quickly talk about Mikel Arteta. He has not yet responded to that FA charge that was uh, issued to him for his comments after the Newcastle game. Initially, he he was asked. He had to file a written response to that charge by Tuesday. That date has now been pushed back until Friday. They've given him a little bit more time. I don't know why Arsenal would have requested more time or Arteta has requested more time. Um, I can't really think of what that reason would be, to be honest. You either, you know, yeah, I, I, I just really don't know um, wh- what it would be, why you would need more time for this. I think the response you'd imagine will be the same on Friday as what it would have been on Monday from Arsenal and Arteta when asking for his observations about what, you know, what he did and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what that, What happened. maybe it delays things a little bit. I, I was reading Nasblog's blog, Andrew, over uh, th- this morning, and he was sort of, pondering about why the delay could have been he was like maybe it's just as simple as they know there's probably a touchline ban coming they'd rather him be banned for a home game against Wolves than away at Brentford and by asking for this delay then it gives him more opportunity to be on the touchline against Brentford on Saturday and that will just push the ban over potentially to the Wolves game at home which Arsenal think he could could be easier to deal with not having Arteta there it might be something like that it might be something as simple as that Uh, so we, we shall wait and see but I don't think we'll have to wait too much longer to find out exactly what Arteta and Arsenal's response is and more importantly what the FA's response is because that's going to be the important thing here in terms of what the punishment is be and I'm sure there is going to be a punishment it's just a case of what it will be will it be a ban will it be a fine will it be a slap in the wrist and a reminding of responsibilities we'll have to wait and see right team news wise ahead of tomorrow's game sorry Saturday's game getting ahead of myself there Saturday's game of course where we look we know Jesus is back fit. He played the full ninety minutes against Brentford, so he'll be on his way back. Well, he'll be back at London Colney by now, along with Gabriel and uh, Gabriel and Gabriel Martinelli, the three Gabbies, and um, they will be assessed ahead of the Brentford game. Like I said in yesterday's video, I think, in my mind, I think it's probably more likely that Gabriel Jesus starts this one in the bench. That Arsenal manages minutes pretty carefully over the next couple of games and that Leandro Trossard will start up front, but three of them will be assessed and hopefully all three will be available. No Fabio Vieira, of course. We know he's suspended now, starting the first of uh, three-game suspension. Ben White is going to be assessed late on. He obviously was sat out the game against Burnley before the international break um, with a muscle injury that he picked up and Arsenal still working on him and going to assess him uh, at the end of this week to decide if he's ready. Hopefully he will be ready. Uh, and Martin Odegaard, of course, we know is in training at the moment, so I fully expect Martin Odegaard will start um in this game, which is good good news for Arsenal. Right, um, just on Gabriel Jesus, as mentioned him there. I don't know if you've seen this, but these quotes have been doing the rounds. A lot of people have sort of picked up on them. And um he was talking after the game for Brazil when he went another game without he hasn't scored for a long, long time for Brazil, Gabriel Jesus, and it's quite a big story over there whenever he plays, and it's another game without a goal for Gabriel Jesus. Um you know, I think it's very hard to judge him after this game. I mean, they threw him in against Argentina, the best team in the world at the moment, having not played a game for a month. Uh, he was understandably going to be pretty rusty. I think it was asking a lot for Gabriel Jesus to do anything in that match. Uh, although he did did a couple of nice things and set up a really good chance for Gabriel Martinelli. Uh, but Jesus was interviewed after the game and the comments have sort of created a bit of a stir, a, a bit of sort of conversation around it. And he says, this is what he said. He said, scoring goals is inevitable, but it is not my strongest suit. I play to score a goal. That's why I'm in national team. Scoring goals will happen again nat- uh, naturally. But it's that line where it says, scoring goals is not my strongest suit. Now, I'm always a bit wary in things like this in terms of how the translation has been made and what the sort of context of it is. But these quotes have suddenly started doing the rounds of Gabriel Jesus makes stark admission ahead of January, Arsenal January transfer window plans and stuff like that you know the the a lot of the headlines you always see and you know I don't I wouldn't be reading too much into it first of all I I I just don't know what the um translation is for a start if it is absolutely correct and second of all I don't think it's anything that we don't know you know is is finishing Jesus's best part no you'd say it's probably not he's a very good finisher he can be a very good finisher he scores some excellent goals Is he Erling Haaland? No, we know that. Is he Harry Kane? No, we know that. But he's a very good forward who does an awful lot. And when you do sit down and you think, what is um, Gabriel Jesus' best attribute in his game? I don't think any of us would say scoring goals or finishing. It's what else he provides to the team and why he's so important and why he is such a key player in this Arsenal team. So I don't think he said anything untrue, to be honest. It was probably a bit of a surprise when you hear a striker say that scoring goals is not his strongest suit, but... Now, when you actually sort of strip it back and look at what he had to say, I don't think it really comes as a surprise to any of us at all. And I think, you know, scoring goals is not... When you look at him this season, when he's played up front, he's done very, very well. I mean, I think he's played played as the striker. Did he play as a striker in all three of the Champions League games? I'm trying to think. I think he might have done. He certainly did it away. He did, certainly did it against um, PSV, scored. He certainly did against Sevilla. Scored, um, and he went away at Lons as well, didn't he? He scored, so you know he's a he is a very good finisher, and his Champions League record is exceptional. When you look at his goals, how many goals he scored in that Champions League it is absolutely exceptional. So he's a very very good foot forward. So I'm not sure that all the headlines and all the stories that are doing the rounds at the moment about Gabriel Jesus's stark admission that he made after the Brazil game needs to be sort of viewed quite as seriously as they are. OK, moving on, before we just bring this one to an end, a couple of transfer tidbits, like I said. Jakub Kivio, again, being very, very heavily linked over in the Italian press with a potential move away from Arsenal in January. AC Milan are said to have made him their key priority defensive target for January Um I've had my say on this. I don't think Arsenal should be entertaining any sort of offer for Jakub Kivior. I think he's really, really important. I think defensively, Arsenal are light at the moment because of the Urian Timber injury. And we don't know, as I said at the start of this video, when Timber's going to be back exactly. So Arsenal are in no position to be weakening themselves at the back. And I think Kivior looks like a really talented young defender who could go on and be very, very good whenever he comes on and plays for Arsenal. I think he does well. He can play left-back. He can play... Uh, midfield if needs be, which he hasn't yet. And I'm pretty thankful for that because if he's is playing midfield, something's probably gone a little bit wrong in terms of injuries. But he can if he needs be. And, and you know, he's a very good centre-back. And we see him whenever he plays, he, he plays well. He looks good. I think even back to the to the West Ham game where he came in in the League Cup and Arsenal were awful that day and they went out. He was a standout player for me. He was, a very, he was very, very good. He was winning his battles. He was winning his duels. He was strong, dominant. He was really good on the ball as well of his feet and he looks a really talented player. So for me, absolutely 100%, no matter what AC Milan do, then that should not be a deal that Arsenal should consider. Barring, of course, that they slap in a £60 million bid, which of course we know from a Serie A club, that is not going to happen. So um, actually, before I get on that, there's one on um, uh, Andre as well. Like I said, um, at the start of the show, he's been linked with Arsenal and we've seen these links. I've spoken about it in previous shows. Um, But it seems like Fulham might well be leading the charge for Andre over at Fluminense, isn't he? And then he's been linked with, I think United have been linked with him. Uh, some of the big other the big clubs have been linked with him. But I, you're always a bit wary. When they, when these links come from Brazil, so many Brazilian players are linked over here and then they end up going to one of the lower clubs. And, you know, the, the, the way it all works over there, the media, the agents, it's, it's a little bit different it is over here. And when you see these players linked all the time to the big, big clubs, it tends to be, you know, it's just getting their names out and... They'll end up getting a move to a smaller club. I think it was Danilo as well, wasn't he? He Was so is always linked with Arsenal, um, and uh, if you know from my understanding of it, certainly in the last sort of six months of that move, Arsenal hadn't even been in conversation with Danilo, and then he ends up going to Nottingham Forest. And this one could be similar when it comes to Andre. You know, some, some of you who've been watching over in Brazil have got in touch over when I've been speaking about him before and said he's a really good player and that you'd like to see him play for Arsenal. Well, if he does come to Fulham, it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on in the Premier League. Okay, just a quick one here before I leave. Um, from yeah, yeah user EP9BC4SL6K. Nice name that rolls off the tongue there. Uh, it says Hi, Charles, night nice show. I'm not so bothered if we move Vieira on. He has some nice touches, but needs regular football to get his play really tight. If the choice was him or ESR, I'd pick Emil. Havertz has turned into a super army knife. Nice since I last looked. and can play him anywhere. He'll do an okay job. But you never know. Uh, I accept that we probably need to sell players to meet FFP rules. So other than Vieira, who would you sell at the right price? Price. And uh, this viewer's list is Ramsdale, Nelson, Party, Tommy Asu and Ketia. Kiviori all mentions. He says, I would keep them all if we can, but accept that we might have to, that we might have overspent. What would your list of possibilities be? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, I think Arsenal will need to sell. I'm not saying they're absolutely desperate to sell to make sure they stay with FFP, but they'll have to, you know, keep a pretty tight... Um, run a pretty tight ship when it comes to finances because you know they've spent an awful lot of money over the last few years of course they've got added revenue coming in this year with Champions League and all that which is going to certainly help in it but I think there is going to be an expectation that you'd probably need at least one big sale every year especially if you're trying to bring in the type of players you're trying to bring in at the type of price that that's going to cost so uh, Ramsdale is the one that immediately springs out there. You know, I've said it before. It's an untenable situation. These two goalkeepers. One of them is going to go. It feels like it's going to be Ramsdale. But then you have to accept. You have to sort of tie that in that although you could sell Ramsdale, you're going to have to still buy Raya because Arsenal haven't bought Raya yet. It's a loan deal, and they're going to have to pay the money. Um, They're going to have to agree the permanent deal at the end of this at the end of this season, and they're going to have to commit 30 million pounds on that. So even if you sell Ramsdale for 30 or 40 million pounds, that's basically going to be covering what you're signing David Raya from. Uh, In terms of the rest, I absolutely wouldn't sell. Tommy Asu, I wouldn't sell Kivi or Nelson. I think, yeah, if a good big comes in for Reese Nelson, then then you take that. I think he's clearly, you know, he's not that high up in Arteta's plan. They gave him a new contract, but I still think as much as you gave him that new contract, a lot of that was to, you know, you're kind of protecting yourself if you do sell him down the line, you give him another year, see how he gets on. But if you don't, if he doesn't work his way into the first team on a regular basis, then you've you've got a player that you can sell. And I think that there will be interest in Reese Nelson. Eddie I'm not desperate to sell Eddie and I have to admit. I think he's a fine squad player. But if that's going to help in terms of, you know, going to a fund that's going to bring a really top player, then yeah, he is one that would be on the list that you could possibly you could possibly tick. I wouldn't the party one's just it's really hard with Thomas Party because ideally I wouldn't want to sell Thomas Party because he's such a good player, and there's so few midfielders like him in the world. And if he's fit, he's just so important to this Arsenal team. But then you have to weigh it up with his age, his injury record, what potentially a bid might arrive, you know, how much would it be for, you know, if you give him a big new contract now, because he's only got a year left in his contract, say you give him another three or four years, is he going to stay fit? You know, is this the injury issues that he's had since he's joined Arsenal? Are they only going to get worse, the deeper into his 30s that he goes? History would suggest yes, because the biggest, you know, the, the most obvious sign of a Player having future injuries, his previous injuries, we know that, and he's had a fair few of them. And so, do you really risk giving Thomas Party a new contract on the money that you would have to give him, knowing what his injury record's like? It's a really difficult one. Ideally, I wouldn't want to sell him, but I think if a really good offer arrives for Thomas Party in the summer, then it's something that Arsenal would probably have to consider. In fact, it's something I think they would consider, put it that way. But I think there's sort of the main ones that spring out for me in terms of who Arsenal might sell or potentially could sell Ramsdale, Nelson, Smith Rowe, you know Smith Rowe's not going to play. I would love Smith Rowe to stay and be a success and play regularly and do what we all want him to do at Arsenal. But if Arteta is not really going to play him then there's certainly a sellable asset there who would just deserve to go and play football because he's too good a player to be sitting on the bench for me um somewhere regularly. You know, I'm not you can't guarantee to be a starter at Arsenal if you're You know, if you're a substitute and you're a key player, then that's fine. But if you're barely going to get any minutes, which Smith Rowe was, although he did start to turn it around just before this latest injury. But if you're not going to get any minutes, then you may as well go. But if he can be a bench player and come on and get regular opportunities to impress, then keep him by all means. But yeah, so I think you look at some of the A-Hale-M boys and it is that's where the, the big potential profit is. Arsenal which would help with FFP and potentially help with bringing other players in but obviously they're the ones that are going to be the most painful to watch go out the door especially Emil I would say all right that's it for me everyone thank you very much for your uh for watching today appreciate it and listening of course like I said I will be back a little bit later on with James Benz to do inside Arsenal extra time we're recording it pretty early today although it's going out later So, yeah, if you do want to get a question, they'll get a comment and they'll get anything in that you want us to talk about. Then you better be quick because I've got about an hour from publishing this to sitting down to recording the show. Until then, everyone, have a very good day. I'll speak to you soon.
0: it.